0: You may be seated. Moving forward. In the video that was just displayed before you, the pastor in Honduras, they were shouting, giving thanks to God and the kingdom and the church of God, and then he shouted, moving forward. We started this series in November and I cannot get away from it. And I believe it is providential as God leads our church into the next years of ministry. As we move forward, we have used Joshua as our background, the book of Joshua. Understanding that this represents not only a a Christology of the Old Testament, but understanding it's a speaking or a foreshadowing of a spirit-filled life. A spirit-filled life that yes, we are saved, sanctified, filled with the spirit, but there's gonna still be some trials. There's still gonna be some work to do. There's gonna be days we move forward and days we stay in prayer closets. There's gonna be days that we're triumphant and some days we've gotta stop and say there is sin in the camp, who has sin hidden? We can't move forward until we consecrate ourselves before the Lord. That's just a symbolic of a grace-filled, a spirit-filled life. So in our effort, Herschel, to move forward, as we begin to see one miracle after the next, like they did when the Jordan uh, parted and they walked across on dry land, sometimes once we taste that first miracle, We say, okay, God, I believe you now, let's go in the name of your power and the name of your might. But the problem is this. As we move forward, we must always remember we must grab a hand of the Spirit of God and we move when he says move. We pray when he says pray. We invite when he says invite. We can never get ahead of the Holy Ghost. We must walk in movement with the voice of Almighty God. Those who walk in the Spirit shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes, we are sons and daughters of God. How are we sons and daughters of God? Because we walk in the spirit of the Lord. Joshua 6 is the chapter that is always preached. But you cannot get to Joshua 6 if you first do not live out Joshua 5. Joshua 5 is the prelude to victory for Joshua 6. We go to Joshua 4 and we shout. We jump over Joshua 5 to Joshua 6. We start going towards Jericho and we shout. Out, but listen pentecostal people this morning let your pastor teach you something from victory to victory we still must stay in the presence of almighty god and hear what the spirit is saying to the church north wall we do not do anything until we hear what god has to say to the church So Joshua 5 is this, Joshua's five is in our eagerness to move forward, we must wait on direction that comes from God. First of all, if we're not careful, verse number one, that sometimes we will look at the land and say, the climate is right for us to move forward. But remember, we don't walk in our ways and we do not walk by our side, we walk by what God says. Hello? The Bible said his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. In verse number one, it says that the kings of that land were afraid, actual King James says, their heart melted at what was coming at them. The children of Israel moving forward, they are a victorious army and they're powerful. If I would have been that five-star general, I would have told them, sharpen your bows. Get ready. Make sure your arrows are straight. We're about to march and God's already said he's going to give us this land. That's the right thing thing to do that that looks good in the natural but you hear me let me speak to you father today quit doing everything in the natural quit making every decision in your life because it feels good seems good and tastes good what well, I think and she thinks and he thinks, I don't care what you think. Some things you may not have to pray over. If you want bacon on your cheeseburger, that's your own business. But when it comes to your children and it comes to the direction of your life and it comes to some people that lay out of church all the time, I'm gonna ask you once again, how about go to your prayer calls and, and wait on the voice of the Spirit? See, verse number one says victory is now, but God is not ready to push them forward even though the climate says they will fall before you. God has to do four things in this chapter before they can go to Joshua 6. This chapter is about dedication. This chapter is about rededication. This chapter is about consecration. This chapter is about getting Egypt out of them and getting more of God in them. In 2019, if you want to move forward, Lord, in your ministry and in your family and in your life, you listen to me. You cannot do the things of God without walking hand in hand with God. Listen to me. Some of us try to do ministry and church on our own power. We are more in tune and worried about how our children look on the outside instead of worrying about what they display on the inside. I, as your pastor, I've come to somebody to tell you that there are some things that you and I must do before we move forward in Jesus' name. Look to your neighbor and say, get ready. Would you do that, please? God has to prepare them. He tells them, no, don't strike immediately." He tells them to do four things because in his economy, his values and principles, his priorities are above those of man. The first thing that he says in verse nine, he is about consecration. He tells them that they must be circumcised. The reason for this is powerful. Circumcision was a distinct mark upon the men of the Old Testament that separated them from everybody else. And since they had been walking in the wilderness, this practice was not put to put place in the priority that God wanted. So God stops him and says this. He says, before you march upon Jericho, I want you to go back and start an old practice. And I want you to mark yourselves. That way everybody knows you are a different and peculiar people. You say, Brother Nolan, that makes no sense in the New Testament. Yes, it does. The difference is this, though. We no longer have to mark our flesh, but we must mark our hearts. And the difference is this that anybody can mark their flesh, but only the Holy Ghost can strike the heart. Romans teaches us that the heart must be pure and touched by the Holy Ghost. That way, that person that claims to be a Christian looks like a Christian, but more importantly, talks like a Christian, loves like a Christian, and forgives like a Christian. I don't care about your bumper sticker. I don't care about the cross around your neck. When I grew up in the 80s of hair bands, every rocker had a cross. But I never wanted Ozzy Osbourne to be my pastor. Hello? Everybody had that religious symbol. It is easy to mark, but only the Holy Ghost can touch the heart. And what the writer of the Old Testament is doing is preparing the people for battle that would foreshadow the New Testament because if you're going to work and fight for the king, you've got to be touched by the Holy Ghost. You have to walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, fight in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, reject the flesh in the Spirit. Why? Because you cannot do in your power what God needs us to do in 2019. We don't need pretty boys. We don't need playboys. We don't need mama's boys. We need boys that are filled with the Holy Ghost that know the words of the Spirit and know how to obey the voice of Almighty God. Oh, you quiet. This first sign was about Separation it was about a level of commitment that some would not adhere to and that's why we have people in the church that are jealous of each other because some people allow the holy ghost not just to touch them but to strike them to infill them to baptize them others just want to feel a chill bump oh i like chill bumps it feels good when i hear that song I like praise and worship. I was listening to Waymaker this morning with my boys and had chill bumps on me. Sometimes I like Southern Gospel. I love the Isaacs, that's my favorite. I want them to let me sing with them one day. It hasn't happened yet. Sometimes I can hear some of those old hymns and I'll get chill bumps all over me. But let me tell you, I want more than a chill bump in 2019. Some of you got chill bumps Monday night when your team won the game. Some of you hadn't had it in church, but you've had it at the football game. That's another sermon. So I cannot equate the moving of the Spirit just to chill bumps. I can't equate it to crying because I saw a young football player cry on the screen. So that cannot be the measuring stick to the voice and the touch of the Holy Ghost. But I tell you what can when somebody walks in the Spirit that they hear the voice of God and they're different than the world. Why? Because they forgive their spouse and they love their children and they give to the kingdom and they forgive their neighbor. They're not troublemakers. They don't seek their own. They don't look the up things. They look to be peacemakers. They're proactive in loving somebody. They pray for their pastor. They pray for their church. They're faithful on Sunday. They're faithful in prayer. They're faithful in fasting. They're faithful to do the things that are godly. Why? Because those are those that have been touched by the Holy Ghost. If you want to move forward in 2019, the first thing you've got to do is be cut in your heart by the hand of Almighty God. If you don't allow God to touch you, then God cannot use you. Yes. Secondly, this morning, as God says you must be circumcised, he was saying you must be a holy people. You must be a separated, peculiar people so I can fight your battles. I know that's old school preaching. I was so thankful to Chris and Whitney in our college and career service. They brought a person that really preached a old holiness message, letting us know that they're still young people that they're not worried about the outward side of it, but the inside, they still want to walk in the power of holiness. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Get voted out for saying holiness in church. Secondly, once God separates us, he says to them that he wanted them to observe the Passover. And what was amazing about this, that once they were cut in the flesh Old Testament and once were cut in the heart, he wanted them to look back and observe that Passover, the blood put upon the doorpost. The unleavened pushed out. The death angel comes down. He wanted them to look back and remember when God delivered them out of bondage. Why? Because what they could not do, God can do. God wanted them to look back to remind them that I brought you out and nobody else. In 2019, I'm thankful that you're talented. You're good with media. You can sing. You can preach. You're pretty. You got some good, nice clothes from your mom at Christmas. Bless your little heart. That's wonderful. But I want to tell you this. If you're going to do anything great for God, look back over your life and look, realize who has brought you every step of the way. Amen. The Passover is a reminder to observe what God's already done. For 104 years, God has sustained this church through every up and down. This morning I come to remind you that in 2019, as we move forward and new giants come before us, and new walls are presented, and new obstacles and things we gotta pray about, and things we gotta do, and people we gotta bring in. Can I remind you if God did it back then, God will do it again? 2019. He's the same God. I'm going to preach this just for a few moments. He's the same God. Through every valley and every trial, every time a bear comes to destroy me, God will raise up and say, boy, I didn't bring you this far to lose you now. I serve a God that can keep me through every battle of my life. Thank God that he's still the same God in 2019. This was about God letting them know. Point to the cross. Deliverance comes from one source. As we foreshadow to the New Testament, it was letting us know as 1 Corinthians 5 tells us that deliverance comes from Jesus Christ. The blood that kept them in the Old Testament is still the blood that keeps us in the New Testament. Oh, not the blood of lambs, I mean. I mean of the lamb. So what God was letting them know, you were delivered from death because you were up under the blood. In 2019, we are still delivered from death because we are up under the blood. Let me press it. I want to let somebody know in this house today I don't care what you've done, who, where, what, what drug I don't care I want to tell you the blood is still sufficient today Your life can be changed in 2019 Because the blood will not lose its power If it can turn me around, it can turn you around The blood is still victorious And he's still the deliverer today Give God praise if you believe that Thirdly Already on point three, look at that Thirdly, not only did they observe the Passover, but then this was amazing to me, and I didn't see this before. When the Bible says that the manna ceased, that once they dedicated themselves, and once they look back and say, yes, God, you've kept us, then God dries up the manna, that spiritual miracle food that sustained everybody. Pastor, what's the reasoning for that? Because in 2019, we have a tendency to lean back on what worked yesterday. But God wants you to know that yes, he will sustain us by the rivers and with the birds if necessary. But God had already promised them that there was a land flowing with milk and honey. And there was a land waiting on them in the natural, given to them in the spiritual, but in the natural, it was already there. And so what God was showing them with the man of was this, Once you dedicate yourself and remember that I will not fail you, then I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and every provision that you will need will be there for you because I am your God and I will take care of you. Brother Nolan, how can we do what God wants us to do because he's God? There are people in this church, let me commend you, you've been faithful and you're blessing this church. I want to go ahead and give God praise and I know this going to make some people mad because it's not about the amount, and I really don't know what you give. But I want to give God praise because I'm asking God to bless your job, bless your finances, give you more. I don't care if you drive a brand new moped or a brand new Mercedes. Hello, are you listening? I don't care if you ride like Dumb and Dumber on the back of a moped stuck together. You understand what I'm saying? Older people don't know what I'm talking about. Younger people do. That's okay. I want God to bless you I want God to bless you double. Brother Nola, you just want to raise. I don't want to raise. You give it to me, I might take it. But I don't want to raise, you understand? (laughs) I want to bless Stephen Day. I want to buy more freezers. I want to put more pigs in Honduras. You understand? I want to do things like that. Why? Because God wants you to know this this morning, North Wall Hollow. The lights are on. The bills are paid. Things are being moved next door. They're about to start paving. Things are about to happen. Why? Because the same God that provided the manna will let you walk in the blessing and let you know before you get to Jericho, I've already told you it's yours. Somebody's living in your house. Somebody may have your land, but if you walk in the Spirit, I will take care of your everything every need and I will provide every necessity of your life. I don't know who I come to preach to, but I want you to quit your belly aching and realize your God is an awesome God and your God will supply everything that we need for his glory. You said, but brother Nolan, that's natural means. Yes, but it was supplied by a supernatural God. What do you mean, Pastor? It was already waiting on them. Some of you don't understand that, do you? Hello? Somebody took me out to eat last night, one of our good members, and I've been dying for some seafood. So one thing that I missed from the low country, uh, I missed oysters and, and, and stuff like that, crab legs and stuff. So last night I went out to eat with some some good church members and uh, they bought me this, this lobster sandwich. And I'm gonna tell y'all, I don't think there was anything supernatural about it. I think the couple had the provision to provide that. But it supernaturally blessed me. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and you say, why do you say that? Because you're walking every day in abundance and you don't recognize Your child came home and got in bed last night. Your car started this morning. You had food on your table. Every one of you dressed and smelled good, and there's so many times that we're looking over at what our brother has, and what my uncle has, and what my drunk brother has, and what my lost brother has. We forget that God has provided everything that we need and brought us this far. God has been good to you, and God is still being good to you. And lastly, as I close, but I have packed four sermons in the one as I close before we move forward. Lastly, there was something that takes place in Joshua 5. There's a man that confronts Joshua. Stands there, I believe, with a sword. And the man of God comes out and he asks this, he says, are you for us or are you against us? And The man says neither, is what the scripture says. He says, neither I'm not for you nor am I against you, which is very perplexing. Because if Joshua represents Israel, the people of God, you should have thought that God would have told Joshua that this general, this being was on his side. Let me give you a quick story. When I first got saved, I was filled with the Holy Ghost, but I was very young, Pastor Wade, very young was not raised in Pentecost, much less a spirit-filled home, until my mother in my teen years was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she was a saint. But my dad was not a saint at that time. But once I got filled with the Holy Ghost, my family, I was at odds with some of them. And when I was about 18 or 19, <laughs> Anthony, me and my older brother got in a fight. It was, a, it was an ugly fight, to be honest. Now get that, I'm I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, and we're getting in a fight. Oh, nobody gets that. That's okay, it's just perplexing to me. And, yeah. You know how people are, they speak in tongues and shout, but, but anyway. So I, I was young in the faith, and I, was, I got in a fight with my older brother. It was, very, it was actually a confrontational fight. I didn't really hit him, but it was aggressive. And then I remember saying this, well, I'm saved, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and you better be careful, because God's going to kill you. God's going to strike you down. <laughs> I sure did. I look back now, and I laugh. I thought, you are such a dummy. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> You're actually the one who should've walked away from that or you should've confronted it in a godly way. Then you should've prayed for your brother, but yet I took this bead to say, since I am saved, God is on my side and God is gonna fight with me. That is not what God is doing. God has never done that and God is not doing that today even though you quote that and tell everybody that. God was not asking him for permission and God was not trying to get on Israel's side. And God was not trying to get on Joshua's good side and and anoint Joshua. God was not trying to do anything about sides. I've heard this said before, God was there to take over. Yes, I believe that. But let me tell you what God was really doing. God was letting him know, I'm not here to be on your side. There's only one side. I'm here to get you on my side. God was not there saying, Joshua, I'm going to jump in the battle with you and together. No, God was saying, I don't really have to have you. I can raise up anything, but I have chosen you because of who you are and the foreshadowing of your name and what's coming in the new covenant, which you don't understand yet. So Joshua, I want you to get your people and I want you to understand something. I'm going to prevail. Not you yet. I'm going to prevail. And for you to prevail you've got to be on my side. Oh, we're so busy fighting about denominations and who's right. And we're so busy thinking that we have something that they don't. And we're so busy playing church games and telling everybody who's the best and who's the biggest. And I believe God is standing there saying, does anybody want to move forward in 2019? Does anybody want to move forward while we're playing church games and we're playing hokey pokey and and who's going to sing what and who's going to get what and who's going to be the queen and the prince of the church and what child's going to get the part and who's going to get mad and who's going to take their red wagon and go home and who's going to make up a lie about the preacher because he's not preaching what you think he should preach. And while all that's going on, I believe the Holy Ghost is standing on the outside and saying people are dying. People are dying in our community. War are being fought spiritual battles are happening everywhere does anybody want to be on God's side and let God prevail in 2019 it's not you inviting God to your situation and your side it's God saying don't you want to be on my team I want to be on God's team in 2019 brother Nolan I'm going to give them a piece of my mind that's your team Well, pastor, I'm not going to give the missions anymore till you preach what I want. That's your team. No, but I'm saved. My name's on church roll. Let me, oh, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I believe there's some people talking about the church down the road. There are people that their name's on church rolls that won't enter into the gates of heaven. Lord, did we cast out devils in your name? Did we prophesy in your name? Did we do this in your name? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because some people claim their side as holy and righteous and they never see God because they refuse to look in the lens of the spirit. You can't see it in the natural. You'll pull God to you and think you have the high seat, the high moral authority. Only God has that. And it's not wrapped up in government policies. It's not wrapped up in denominational standards. It's not wrapped up in political names of clout of counties and communities. It's not held captive by hands of flesh. It is wrapped up in the Trinity. It is spoken by the voice of the Spirit and those that line up with God and say, we walk when you walk. We speak when you speak. We love through your power and not our power. I'm telling you, that is the people that God is moving forward in 2019. Stand with me all over the house. It is time. We can't jump, Brother Majors, we can't jump to Joshua 6 until we go to Joshua 5. We must be cut in the heart. We must look back and realize who has delivered us and sustained us. Every one of these points could have been a sermon. Then we have to look around and say, God, every day in the natural, you have supplied my need. And now I'm walking in new territory. Some of you just recently retired. God's got your retirement worked out. Some of you have new jobs. Some of you are about to have new jobs and you just don't know it yet. So when your job is phased out, don't get upset. Don't think that God can't do it again. Remember whose side you're on. He's not on your side. Russell, I, I thought later on, of course, my brother and I are good. I wouldn't want to go to that church either. I got this brother who claims to be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues and prayer rooms, supposed to be a godly man. and He's telling me God's going to kill me. It's amazing what we can cover up as religion to make us fit our own agenda. Let me tell you what God's agenda is. Seeing your family saved, discipled, delivered from destruction, debauchery, and addiction, set free. One of our members this week texted me and said, I just took a drug test. I am f- free, clean, for the first time in five years. Uh, (laughs) That's God's side. So don't ask God to come to yours. You need to put the right helmet on and go to his. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads, Father? It's a unique Sunday. We have packed a lot in and we still have some more to go. I can't just dismiss this service without prayer, nor do I want to, so I want to lead as you lead and go as you go. So here's my prayer. Father, I pray over this section of the congregation that in 2019, God, that they would walk with you and they would consecrate themselves. The teenagers that are over here and the college career, let them know that their future is bright. And what you have sustained them so far with, you will continue, God, because you're not gonna leave them nor forsake them. God, for this section, I stretch forth my hand. There's some elderly saints that are here. I want them to know, God, that you're the same God of the Passover, that you've kept them, that, God, they were in you and you were in them, and you're sustaining them still today. they are missionaries right here, God, Meet their needs. And Father, I pray once again for their child. Father, in this section, I stretch my hands as pastor of this church symbolically. And I pray for them, God, as you guide and lead. Some of them, God, need a new fire. The light is dim. I didn't say out. Some have been sick and been through trial and peril. And God, they just need to go back and let the Holy Ghost touch their heart once again. I'm going to be bold. God, let them be sensitive again. God, let them be tender again. So when they see things like missionaries, they don't just say, well, they want another, more money from me. No, but their heart is tender and they realize that life is short and let me give, God, that somebody might know you. For this section over here, God, I stretch forth my hand and I pray over them boldly, God. There are a lot of young people right here in the faith There's a lot of excitement in this section right here. God, I pray, God, that as that excitement, it doesn't die, but it grows, but it grows also knowing this, we must walk with you, we must go with you as you guide, providing, and I'm gonna say this to this section, jump on his team. He's not taking sides of flesh, he's standing in his deity of his holiness, You've gotta be on his team today. Let that be so in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray over the body as we go. Watch over us as we move forward. There will be excitement in the air, God. This is our year. I'm gonna beat this drum. You're gonna baptize our young people with fire. God, you're gonna raise up an army. There is such a foundation laid. God, you spoke in August and I will not let it go. They will be sick of me saying it, so be it. But you went before us. God send that revival in Jesus' name. Everyone said.